The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're doing a bonus episode for Thursday, February 27th. We know you need that drive time action. Uh, myself, Sean Wagner, John, Sean Wagner McGuff, and John Breach breaking down all things Tom Brady and news notes coming out of the combine. Tomorrow, you can check out a episode featuring myself and Ryan Wilson as we break down the quarterbacks and all the drills that happen out on the field during the combine. But right now, let's dive in and take a look at all the things that are happening in Tom Brady's life. Sean Wagner, how you doing, buddy? You know, just happy we're recording here in halftime of Arsenal. Thanks for accommodating me. Of course, of course. Uh, hey, John Breach, how you doing, buddy? Brinson, you describing the podcast as somebody blindfolded driving on the Audubon in a Ferrari and swerving everywhere. That's the same as you hosting, except you're swerving everywhere without the blindfold. It's just purposely happening. I, I'd like to pat my, I'd like to pat myself on the back for not making any sort of like uh, a booze reference to that, like like you know, because that'd be inappropriate. You shouldn't drive, drink, drink and drive. That's bad. Um, anyway, so we decided to record the first part of this podcast early because. There's been so much buzz coming out of the combine as it relates to possible free agency. Um, for instance, Tom Brady, which is going to be the focus of every podcast from now until probably, I don't know, March 22nd. Tom Brady's going to be mentioned. I, and you know what? I think this is actually relevant because I don't think Tom Brady hates this. I think Tom Brady, who's toiled away in the obscurity of new england he hadn't even he's barely famous for years and years and years and finally he's getting to enjoy his moment in the limelight i do think he's getting uh sort of enjoying breaking free from the shackles of the of belichick land where you just quietly put your head down and don't do anything he gets to leak stuff out and um according to multiple reports Things are pointing, trending in the direction of Tom Brady not returning to the Patriots. Uh, Karen Gagurian uh, of the Boston Herald reports that the Patriots have not reached out to Brady to discuss a new contract at this point and writes that the chances of the quarterback staying put are, quote, not looking good. Uh, ESPN's Jeff Darlington went on, get up! This morning, a thir Thursday morning, <laughs> it has an exclamation point. I'm just reading it and reported that Brady, quote, is currently operating under the belief that he will enter free agency to play somewhere other than New England next season. A sentiment the quarterback has shared with 
others. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN adds that Brady and the Patriots haven't spoken about a new deal because they're waiting on the new CBA to get processed, which is going to make things more difficult. We can get into that a little bit. And uh, apparently, according to uh, e somebody in NFL media, Don Yee, is, uh, who's Tom Brady's agent, is speaking to other teams at the Combine, which, look, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, it's not legal to talk to other teams about Tom Brady because he's still under contract with the Patriots until his contract voids on March 16th. However, if you were to enter into a conversation with another client who is a free agent with other teams, you know, and you know, you could probably sneak in a little Brady chatter without anybody being the wiser. Or you could talk in general and say, I heard you guys might be looking for a quarterback. How much would you be willing to pay said quarterback without naming anyone specific? And to add on to what you just said, Brenton, Rappaport uh, just a few minutes ago said that Don Yee, Tom Brady's representation, has met with the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Colts uh, specifically mm. at the Combine. So uh, Tom Brady going to Indy, going to Vegas, going to L.A.? Can I can I ask you guys a question? You most certainly can. When you no. guys, well, that's what Ryan always says. I'm trying to fill his void here. Um, <laughs> when you guys read these reports, do you think this is them just trying to drive up the price tag from New England, or do you read these and think 100 percent like he's gone? Like that's his intention. If he gets a good offer, he's gone. Uh I, I don't think it's either one. Actually, I think it's. Don Yee and Tom Brady's camp, they're meeting with them and they're hearing these pitches and they're willing to listen, but they also are perfectly content leaking out who they're talking to, to a, well, a like you drive up the price from these other teams. Like you want these other teams to get in a bidding war and to offer you more stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but B, again, like I'm dead serious. I think Tom Brady likes the attention. I will say that I don't think it's price tag because this is the one, the Patriots are the one team. You're not driving up the price tag at least in New England, because Bill Belichick has decided, hey, if $30 million is our cutoff at quarterback, that's what we're paying. And if Tom Brady doesn't want to take it, then he can go sign somewhere else. Like, you know, he is not going to be – you can't put Baby in a corner. You can't put Belichick in a corner. He's not going to be thumbed into a negotiation and give Brady a number he doesn't want to get. And I don't think there is a, a spot where you put Brady with a price tag – like I think the Raiders could get crazy and throw forty million on it because they want to sell tickets in Vegas. So I think it's going to be a team by team thing, and I think that number could fluctuate to anything. You know, like Brady getting one season forty five million dollars in L.A. so the Chargers can actually sell tickets, and Cronky doesn't evict him from the new stadium. You know, like that wouldn't be out of the question. So I don't think I think the Brady's just a weird deal altogether. Well, uh, well, I think too that like. It also might be a thing where price price doesn't matter. I mean, Tom Brady is crazy wealthy. His wife is even wealthier than he is. He has like he has the earth will explode before Tom Brady runs out of money in all likelihood. Like like the earth will peter out and be hit by an asteroid before Tom Brady runs out of money or, you know, the sun shoots a laser beam at us, whatever it is. Um, or we all move to Mars. I don't know. Hell, or don't know. we'll all be dead from coronavirus. Yeah. Or so like next week. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? We don't have to do a daily podcast anymore. Uh, it'll really make the off season easier for everybody if the coronavirus wipes out the, the entire planet. Um, but my point, my, my point being is that uh, I Prince, hope don't that, wish that upon us. I hope that doesn't happen, John. Uh, my, my point being <laughs> is that, um, look, do you guys really think, isn't this just like a, like the bird flu? Like the, do we think it's that much worse? We're not getting into a coronavirus discussion, are we? Uh, Brenton's a doctor and I think he also <laughs> is part scientist. So if I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, I mean, like, Brenton... look, 
the avian the avian bird flu was a like it felt like the same level of hysteria. Am I wrong? What year is that? It's exactly with it's like with less social media. Like, <laughs> this happens every five years. There's like a hysterical outbreak of a of a of a flu type virus that is going to get everybody. So so about Tom Brady, the thing that doesn't make make sense. Oh no oh, oh, no no sorry. My point being is that it's not about price. Sorry. You're right. I, yeah, no, so that that doesn't – the price thing doesn't make sense to me either because he has never taken top dollar. And the only argument I think you can make maybe now, it's because it's his last contract and maybe he does want to cash out one final time. That doesn't make sense to me. The other thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I've been saying this since the beginning, it doesn't make sense that he wants to leave. Like, and maybe he will. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just wrong about this. I don't see any real – thing to gain by him leaving now i understand there could be motivation of him wanting to go prove that he can win without belichick and there's always that conversation of is it belichick or is it brady and guess what we're probably never going to know because if brady wanted to prove this he should have left five years ago when he was still a legitimately great quarterback do any of you guys think if he goes to a team um with a support structure that's not as good as new england and i know this past season it wasn't great that said We've been talking about for weeks about how they're going to go sign Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, trade for A.J. Green, and things are going to be great. And I still kind of think they are going to be in for a big offseason in terms of weapons, regardless of who their quarterback is. I don't see him going to a Raiders or Chargers and turning them into a contender. Now, I think he can go to a contender and help push them over the top because I still think he's good enough to do that. But if you're talking Chargers and you're talking Raiders, I don't think he's good enough to go there and make a difference where they go from a 6-7 win team to a 10 win team. I guess, well, I was just saying, I guess my point about price is not that it doesn't have to do with anything about Brady's performance or Brady's desire to improve his financial standing. What I think he's doing, if he's driving something up, he's just increasing competition between multiple teams to give him the package that he wants, aka like, like, not like he's not going to have control of the offense, but to be like, hey, listen, you come in, you do what you want. You know, like, like, is he going to be ordered around by Anthony Lynn? I know he's his coach and he's going to play for him, but I mean, like, really? So, like, is he going to be in charge of the offense? Are they going to be able to, like, are they going to give, this might be part of the plan, like, do they want to get Alex Guerrero full access to the roster? Like, hey, listen, I'll come to Oakland, but you got to open up the whole building to my guy, Alex Guerrero. I want a TB12, like, medicinal marijuana shop on the strip. I want, like, or Las Vegas, excuse me. Like, I want, I want, like, I want me and Guerrero TB12 billboards. You got to pay for billboards billboards on the strip i mean like like i just wonder if there's not a bigger plan that they have in place and that's what they're trying to use to drive up competition but also as far as sean was talking is and not leaving and, and i think it has to also not necessarily money not money but i feel like it has to do with him wanting to feel wanted by a team and if you offer him 40 million dollars and someone's offering 30 million dollars you definitely feel more, more wanted by the 40 million dollar team it's it's not that you want to make forty million dollars? It'd be the same if his if the Patriots offer twenty million and his higher off highest offer is thirty million. You just feel more wanted because I do get a sense that Brady, uh, you know, there's always been that friction, reported friction between him and Belichick, where maybe he hasn't felt wanted. And Sean, I don't think he left five years ago because like he's been playing for so long, he sees the talent around him, and he saw the talent around him five years ago and said, "Hey, right now we have the nucleus to win Super Bowls." And they won two Super Bowls in five years. Right now, I think he's at the point where he doesn't see that nucleus. He's saying, I don't think this team can necessarily win a Super Bowl. I have the chance to leave. I think other teams probably are going to show me they want me more than the Patriots. Because, again, Belichick's going to set a ceiling for the salary and say, take it or leave it, man. And a bunch of other teams are going to swoop in and say, uh, 
hey, Tommy, we'll give you 40 mil if you come over here. And uh, Brinson hit the nail on the head. Bring Alex Guerrero. We'll do uh, pliability exercises every Thursday night after practice. Alex can lead them. So, yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of when I feel wanted. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying from, like, that's probably how Brady's thinking about it. But in the money part aside, you just look at these teams. And, look, the Colts aren't a bad team. I'm not saying that. And we've often talked about how the Chargers are talented and they underperform. So we talk about if Brady looks at New England, it's like, oh, I don't see a championship-level team. They're still the best team out of all the teams that he can sign with unless somehow he goes to, like, a New Orleans, which I saw Brady Quinn mention on HQ as, like, a weird rumor. But, like – I just don't think. Oh, you didn't watch that? No. Wait, what was I? What, what, I know. Brenton went dark for three days. We weren't <laughs> sure he was alive, and so when Sean and I logged on to do this podcast, uh, we weren't sure who was hosting it because we weren't sure Brenton was alive. Oh, I'm here, baby. But, um, but yeah, Brady, the, uh, Brady mentioned the Saints, and I think the Colts would but, actually be a better option than the yeah. Patriots. Well, uh, can you? So, well, first of I all, can you imagine? So, what was it? I didn't. I, I, I mean, I, went, I really didn't hear the thing about the Saints, but like Drew Brees, D, like announces he's not retiring, and then Sean Payton spurns Drew Brees for Tom Brady. That's some WWE stuff. Like that ain't come on, that ain't happening, right? Yeah, uh, and Brady was very hesitant to like name the team that he heard, and then Prisco kind of like egged him on, and then got him to say it. So I don't think it wasn't like Brady was saying this is going to happen. He was saying like he heard rumors if there was like one out of the box team, and if if it didn't if contract negotiations between Breeze and the Saints didn't go out didn't go well, then maybe they would target him. No, I don't see that happening. Breeze said the Colts are would be better than the Patriots. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I mean, I think a lot of it would come down to this offseason. The Colts do have a lot of cap space, and who else do they invest in besides Tom Brady? But I think out of all the three teams we keep mentioning, I think that has to be the spot because, we. I mean, we say this all the time. Does he want to go in Patrick Mahomes' division and be forced to take a wild card path to the Super Bowl? No. Like, you go to the AFC South. Yeah, I think if, he, if he's leaving the Patriots, I think his two best options for winning next year are the Colts and – the Buccaneers. I, I agree with the Buccaneers. I think people are sleeping on the Buccaneers. I mean, like, I, that to me is a spot where I know the problem with the Bucks. I think we get a little too caught up in the idea of, like, Bruce Arians' offense. I mean, if he gets Tom Brady, like, Bruce Arians is a, is a smart football coach. He will tailor his offense to Tom Brady's strengths. He's not going to make Tom Brady drop back seven steps every time and just get clobbered. Like he's, he'll, he'll let him take deep shots, but he'll, he'll, you know, he'll, I, I, I just, I refuse to believe that he's gonna be like, well, I got Tom Brady. I can't, obviously I can't, you know, uh, do. And like, like the other thing too, is the Glazers are very invested in, don't they have, what's their soccer, is Man City their soccer team? United. Ah, Man United. Okay. I'm close. I'm getting there. Um, same city. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's Manchester. Um, I don't know. Like that's a sort of a gateway to maybe more Tom Brady international stuff. And I think, if I were like Jason Light and Bruce Arians and I was at all worried about, um, you know, what might happen if we bring back Jameis Winston and he flops in 2020, you can bring, you can bring Tom Brady in and you're going to get a pass until Tom Brady leaves. Like you're not going to, you're not going to bring in Tom Brady and get fired until Tom Brady's out. Like and until to, he walks away. And to your point, like even though like Brady's arm isn't what it used to be, it's not like you have to be this incredibly accurate quarterback to throw deep bombs to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like sure. Jameis has a huge arm. It's, he doesn't have that accurate of an arm. Um, so I think, I think you're right that we probably get too caught up on, uh, the deep shots in his offense. Bruce Arians has been around a long time. If he gets Tom Brady or to that degree, Philip Rivers, 
we're probably just going to see a slightly different version. And let's let's also remember in Arizona, as for as many deep shots as they took, they really involved the running backs in in the in the passing game, like David Johnson, and that's something Tom Brady is very well used to in New England. True. Uh, the other team that got thrown out of the combine, NFL media's Mike Girardi reports that there could be some interest with the Giants. What? 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 Uh, the Giants just drafted Daniel Jones in the first round last year. The connection here, in theory, would be that Joe Judge, Joe Judge, the uh, current Giants head coach and uh, uh, intense press conferencer, um, would be uh, interested in bringing in Brady, who he worked with in New England. I feel like, I mean, this is by far the longest shot of longest shots, right? It would be really weird for the Giants, to, A, for the Giants. The t- the only team, well, the, the Eagles and the Giants, the, the only team to ever beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls to bring Tom Brady in, be the team that Bill Belichick used to coach for, and everybody's always like imagining Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots for, and then see they just drafted a quarterback in the first round. It would be a little insane. Not to mention, it would make no sense for Tom Brady because I just said that. Yes, he can maybe elevate a contender to the next level. He's not taking that Giants roster and turning them into a 10, 12 win team. Like that, I'm sorry. Giants fans already talked themselves into we're going to get the seventh seed when the CBA's passed. I'm sorry. Th- this is not a good football team. They're still a couple years away. Who's more likely to win their division, though? The Raiders or the Giants? And, and what I was going to say, that's Sean, you were saying you don't have, he doesn't have to turn them into an 11 or 12 win team because nine wins has been winning the NFC East. So all he has to do is, hey, can I get them to nine wins and I could possibly win this division? Uh, so if you just look at the division, I think he would – to Brinson's question, I think Brady have a better chance of winning division with the Giants than the Raiders. It's going to be great when Tom Brady as a quarterback of the Giants leads the Giants to a 9-7 record wildcard berth, and then they upset the Patriots in the AFC title game who went like 14-2 or with Andy Dalton. In, in or or Tom Brady goes 16-0 oh. and 0 with the Giants, and then the 9-7 and 7 Patriots stumble into the, the Super Bowl and upset him. With um, Andy Dalton. Ooh, okay, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Andy Dalton. With Eli Manning! Out of retirement. What if Tom Brady went to the Giants, and then Bill Belichick's like, all right, F you, Tom. And he's like, hey, Eli, you want to come out of retirement? It brings him back. Um, what if they traded for Nick Foles? I, I'm actually, I know, I mean, like, I asked that question about, oh, that'd be even better. I asked that question about the about the, the the Raiders, I think you could ask the same question about the Chargers. Like, is Tom Brady on the Giants? I would I would think that Tom Brady on the Giants with their even with their roster, like their defense isn't that great, but it's got some younger pieces. They can add some stuff in free agency. You know, you you would do an all in move on Tom Brady. You would spin big in free agency. There's a lot of free agents out there. They have some good weapons. You know, they have his buddy Nate Solder there, who's not a not an above like an above, probably an average to above average but left there's, tackle. There's offensive linemen you can sign, Jack Conklin. Can, like there's yeah. guys you go out get some protection. They got a top five pick. I I think that Tom Brady on the Giants is more likely, has a better percentage chance of going to the playoffs than Tom Brady on the Chargers. Yes, yes. Because, I, I mean, like, just, even just for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I mean, that's the, you don't, you don't have two losses automatically on your schedule. I mean, like, I don't, they wouldn't be the favorites. The Cowboys would still be the favorites, and the Eagles would probably be after them. But, like, you know, the Eagles are not in a great shape defensively right now coming into the season. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz, prove it to us that you can you know, play a whole season. Like he hadn't, he hasn't finished a season yet. Um, he finishes rookie year actually. Sorry, he hadn't finished and, any of the last. And the Chargers only had one more win than the Giants last season. I think 
when you think about it, you're like, oh, the Chargers were way better. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, they weren't. They were five and 11. The Giants were four and 12. Like it wasn't a huge difference. I actually, I saw an interview with Anthony Lynn. I think it was on, um, maybe it was like PFT. I just happened to be like scrolling through on my YouTube TV or whatever. And I saw PFT, I saw Florio's big face. So I clicked on it to see what was going on at the combine. And it was like, he was like, Hey, congrats, Anthony Lynn. Uh, you know, doing a great job with the Chargers. And Anthony Lynn goes, except for last year. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, fair. So, uh, anyway, the Tom Brady stuff is out there. It, I mean, if you were, if you were attaching a percentage to it right now, percentage chance that Tom Brady is, is in New England next year, as it stands right now, and this is, we're not going to hold you to this in, in a day, a week, a month, whatever. Uh, where would you, what percentage would you give breach? Uh, I am going to say a 40% chance. That he's in New England, so 60% chance he leaves. Great answer. I will reverse that. I will say 60-40. Mm. Uh, I still think, I still think this is, I don't know, maybe it's just a play to make him feel like the Patriots want him. I just, it doesn't make sense to me, and that's what I've been saying, and I, I'm not gonna believe it until, you know, there's a lot of smoke this time of year. I wanna, sure. I wanna see him actually sign before. I will never believe it until it actually happens. Uh, I will reverse prices right breach here and go 39% chance that uh, Tom Brady's not in New England. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me that I just think is, I know, just, yeah, you got Barbara. I'm never going first ever again. <laughs> I just knew you would have an answer off the top of your head very quickly. Um, so for me, the thing with Brady that I think is so interesting is that CBA factor that, that Adam Schefter reported. And it makes total sense. The Patriots are not going to give Tom Brady $30 million a year and negotiate a new contract and then get totally blindsided and, and hosed over by a new CBA that pops up 24 hours later. But, you know, it's getting late here because it's February 27th and March 16th is the deadline for for when Tom Brady can actually start signing with other teams, March 18th at 4 p.m. is when Tom Brady's – I think if he, Tom Brady's not signed with the Patriots by March 18th at 4 p.m., he's going somewhere else. There's no way Bill Belichick's taking a $13.5 million dead cap hit for Tom Brady and in a separate financial transaction shoehorning Tom Brady in. I just don't see it happening. Can I ask you guys one last thing? What do you want to happen? Because oh, it I would want, be fascinating if he left. I want chaos. I, yeah, I want him to leave. I want Tom Brady to go to a small market team that no one likes to read. You know, like the Buccaneers, the Titans, those teams, you know, like they have great fans, but from a national standpoint, they don't have a, a big following. And Tom Brady going to a smaller city team or smaller market team would change a lot of dynamics. So I'd like to see him in Tampa Bay or Tennessee, not just because I, I want him to move next door to me. I want, yeah, I want him to move as well, but from the – Patriots perspective like I want to see Belichick and McDaniels with like an Andy Dalton type of quarterback and I that's what I'm more fascinated in seeing um I I I agree with both of those aspects I also remember like and maybe this is a little bit of me you know thinking back to when I just started doing this job and it was a very different job than what I do right now but like when when Peyton Manning Peyton Manning's year of free agency was one of the most insane times to be covering this sport like ever. I mean, he was meeting like he was, you know, he, he was meeting in secret at Duke university over here with different teams that would fly on a private jets to RDU and they pop over to Duke. Uh, he was like Pete Carroll was trying to convince him to meet in, like off the, the Pacific coast of Seattle in a submarine, <laughs> in a submarine to discuss going to the Seahawks. Like it was a, it was a crazy time. And I just think that, while Tom Brady's now Tom Brady's got a little more 
a little more time to, uh, you know, sort of speak to, to talk with these teams and get their pitches than I think Peyton Manning does. But I mean, you know, Peyton Manning was cut, but I do think that like Tom Brady will, you know, he's going to hear out from these other teams and then sort of, you know, the Patriots are going to have about two weeks to seal this deal, maybe a little bit less, maybe seven to 10 days. If they don't pull it off, then all of a sudden it's total chaos in all these teams. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I, the Giants or Saints got involved. I know that sounds insane, but it's Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom Brady. Like the guy has more Super Bowl wins than anybody in NFL history. So why wouldn't you at least make a, well, like a game of that? Let me ask you, I'm going to say one thing and ask you as one thing. I, I do think now because of all this and the circus, the Peyton Man thing was, it does make absolute sense. There was that report from, I think last week or two weeks ago where Brady is going to have a centrally located. He's not going to take any free agency visits. He's going to have the teams come to him, and that way he kind of controls the narrative. You're not going to see a lot of breaking news if everybody has to visit him because they're not going to know if he was actually interested. You know, if he's sitting in a room with his agent and six teams come in uh, individually every hour to pitch him, you know, they're not going to know what he thought of that pitch or anything. Uh, so I, I do think the whole centrally located will cut it down from being a circus like the Manning thing. And let me ask you guys this. If Brady went to like the Colts and they went eight and eight next season and Belichick traded for Andy Dalton and they went like 14 and two and won a Super Bowl, does that, does that hurt Brady's legacy? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, But not to the point. I don't like, yes, minorly. Like, I don't think anyone's going to start. Well, someone will, but I don't think most smart people will be like, Oh, this invalidates all the Super Bowls they won together and all that. I think, I think it'll be a bigger boost to Belichick's legacy than it will be like a hindrance to Brady's legacy. Conversely, if the Patriots like stink next year and he goes to the chargers and they win the division and then go to the Super Bowl, it is, it really, I mean, like it really cranks up Brady's. It's like the gap between him and everybody else at quarterback suddenly becomes even wider than it already is in terms of greatest of all time. Um, I would say this, and I want to point this out because a podcast listener sent me a DM, I think, or an email. I can't remember which one it was, but, and I, I don't remember who it was. So I'm sorry, but I enjoyed the conversation <laughs> and I'm, well, no, he, he made a great point. And the point was this, that it's probably more likely if the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick split, that neither one of them's reputation is harmed at all. Yeah, that like, yeah. yeah, that like Brady goes and wins 10 games with the Chargers or the Colts or the Raiders. Eh, maybe not the Raiders. I, like, but that's part of like picking your spot is, and ultimately that does impact your legacy. If you, if you pick the wrong spot and your team stinks, you know, I mean, don't you agree? Like if, if Tom Brady decides, you know what? I'm going to the Bengals. Cincinnati it is, baby, and they win four games. Look, that's – it's like, what, what was he thinking? Yeah, but I think – Or the, Miami, like, you know, whatever. The larger point is that if they split, they can both enhance their legacies, but I don't think at this point, short of an asterisk, like, cheating scandal, something like that, that, like, there'd be, <laughs> there's nothing that can, like, take away from the, what they've done together. I don't even think a cheating scandal could take away from <laughs> what they've done together. Well, I, cheating? <laughs> Never. I do think the one thing, though, is that – I don't think Brady can really like hurt his legacy, as Brinson was kind of saying. It, but it could help Belichick. Is we're going to answer that chicken and egg question? That's the thing that could potentially be answered. Was it Brady or Belichick that should get more credit for uh, you know the Patriots dynasty? But like if Brady goes out and flounders next year and is horrible with the Chargers and then retires after that, then he just becomes like Joe Namath who played one year with the Rams, or like Johnny Unitas who played one year with the Chargers. You know where. That's a throwaway. Nobody remembers that stuff. They just remember all the good they did. 
so I, I think we could get the chicken and egg answer, but it won't. Nobody's legacy will go down, but someone's could go up. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Tom, it's, this is why we want it to happen, because there's a lot of legacies at stake and a lot of clicks and a lot of emergency podcasts, and we need it. Uh, we're also going to need to hit some other news coming up after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We mentioned the Colts as a possible landing spot for Tom Brady, which makes the whole interest that they have in Phillip Rivers widely known that they, they, they've been linked to Phillip Rivers. And uh, NFL media's Ian Rappaport said from the Combine that Indy, quote, does have interest, end quote, in Rivers. Um, what's – if you're Indianapolis, guys, what do you do here? Do you bother pursuing Tom Brady or you just get because like I feel like if you're not that Rivers wouldn't wouldn't be willing to take the job at Indy. The starting job is the second choice behind Tom Brady. I mean, I think anybody would, you know, sort of, uh, you know, tip their cap. To, hey, listen, it's Tom Brady. You know, what are you going to do? But I mean, if you if you're if you're if we know the if we think the Bucks are interested in these in these quarterbacks and we think the Titans are. And the you know the Chargers not in Rivers obviously, but the Raiders. Rappaport said that the Raiders wouldn't rule them out as a team to to chase Rivers as well. Like you got to be a little bit careful if you're these teams and you're chasing after Tom Brady versus Rivers because if if you're the Colts and you pursue Brady and then he goes to the Chargers and then Rivers goes to the Raiders, you you don't want to be the team that's stuck without a quarterback. What would you do if you're the Colts, Sean? Besides throw your hands up in the air because Arsenal got scored on. Um, I would. I would just I if if Rivers wants to come I would take him. And we've talked about this on this podcast multiple times. The history of Frank Reich, I think I think Rivers could have a late career, not necessarily renaissance, but uh like I think he can do what he's been doing for the last couple of years in Indianapolis. It would be indoors, I think that'd help him age. If you look at the three seasons he spent under Frank Reich, um this was in twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. Uh he averaged per season 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Like that right there, if you if the Colts get that level of play, I would take them to win the AFC South, even though I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, but that's a playoff team right there. And I actually think either of those quarterbacks probably elevate the Colts, at the very least, like in the thick of the playoff race. So if I were them, I don't think you can wait around on Brady if Brady's taking his time. If Rivers wants to come and Rivers is going to have other shooters, I think you got to jump on him because I think this is – this is a team that is a good quarterback away from being a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely agree with that, Sean. I think that I think the Colts should just call him up. Look, man, we want you. I know that Brady stuff is out there, but we have so much familiarity with you because it's not just Frank Reich who was, you know, with Rivers. Shane Stitchum? Nick Sirianni. <laughs> that was not – that was close, Brenton. That was close. 
Uh, but Shane Sirianni, Stitch, Shane Stitchum's in, in LA. I'm kidding. Sirianni was, you know, he was with the Chargers from 2013, 2017. So five full seasons and he's the offense coordinator for the Colts now. So Rivers has a lot of familiarity, not with just the head coach, but also the offense coordinator. So you feel like he could just seamlessly go in there, fit, not have to, you know, cause like that's, this is one of the things with Brady too is like you're 43. Do you really, he'll be 43 when the season starts. Do you really want to go in and learn a brand new offense and, and, and try and build chemistry with these new receivers? That's one part of switching it, uh, teams. And Philip Rivers, you go to the Colts, all of a sudden you scrap one of those parts out. You don't really have to learn a brand new offense because you're familiar with what these guys do. All you have to do is get on the same page as guys like T.Y. Hilton and uh, Brinson's boy, Paris Campbell Hilton. So, <laughs> you know, there's so I think Rivers with the Colts, I would do it in a second. No brainer for the Colts. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think if you're the Colts, like you, if you're if you're if your choice is I either get Rivers or I maybe get Brady and then end up with Jacoby Brissett. I think you obviously take the gamble on Rivers all day long. And I mean, frankly, I, I, Brady wasn't bad last year. I think it, I think it's about a 50 50 on who would be better next year between Rivers and Brady. I don't think there's that huge of a difference. Now, obviously, if you got in a playoff game, I think all of us except Brinson would prefer to have Tom Brady starting that playoff game, but you're right. I don't think they're kind of at the same stage in their career where they need some help. But if they get that help, I think they can be very effective. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones, the Chiefs are expected to use the franchise tag on him this offseason. We talked about this before. It's a good move, right? It's what you do. You can't let him walk. Yeah, you just can't let him walk. He's a great defensive player. Um, they do expect to get a long-term deal done at some point. That is, that, See, that's one where if I'm a team – I'm letting everybody know that we're going to use the tag, and then I'm waiting to see what happens with the new CBA before I hammer out a deal. And I assume his reps are probably the same way. You know, I mean, like you don't want, you know, you don't want the. It, it's weird because in theory you would want to go ahead and get a deal done now before like the potential of the salary cap spiking next year. But you don't. I don't think you want to risk, um, you know, putting a bunch of money in the salary cap now and that it stays flat out of the gates. So I think they'll, I think they'll be patient about it, but it would make sense to get a deal done with Chris Jones. You're going to have to pay him 20, 20 to 25 million a year. Um, speaking of that CBA, Demora Smith said he was confident a deal would get done. Um, Man, democracy is messy, Smith said. Uh, this is from ESPN's Todd Archer. Smith said before addressing agents at the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis. And when you urge players to become part of a union, when you decide instead of having sort of a bubble that excludes people, that you want people not only to become involved in your union but become reps in the union to take leadership roles in your union, how could you ever take a position that you have some sort of adverse effect if they express their feelings, right? Can you imagine a role where you go through this whole thing and nobody cared? That was a weird quote. He's basically – he was asked, hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, two guys who have already made their money and don't really have to worry about the CBA, are coming out of blasting the deal. Uh, why, why did you – you know, why did you why, – why, why has the union pushed this deal that apparently no one likes? That's the question, Breach. I, well, I don't know that no one likes it because we just heard from a Lions linebacker who – the rich guys don't like it. Richard Sherman doesn't like it. J.J. Watt doesn't like it. Russell Wilson. Can we hear from, like, the the peasants? Because I feel like those guys, well, that's what it is. Because the NFL has turned into this, the hierarchy, where you have, like, the aristocrats, the rich guys. I mean, well, you're talking about some, you're talking about some guys who went to, like, 
I mean, the guy went to Stanford, and then Russell Wilson, of course, started his career at the Stanford of the East Coast, NC State. <laughs> <laughs> We're transferring to uh, – actually, J.J. Watt and Russell Wilson, both Wisconsin grads. No, I, I, I mean I, – uh, uh, J.J. Watt actually started the Mid-American Conference. Let's give a shout-out to the MAC. Thank you. I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the only one there who's got a bad degree. So, I mean, who, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. If I wasn't so distracted by Arsenal messing up this game, I would – But But the point there is, look, the average NFL career is, what, three and a half years? Three to four years, right? And this new CBA comes in. It gives the lowest paid guys almost a $100,000 raise right off the bat. If you know your career is only going to last four years and you have a chance to make 20% more money in those four years, why wouldn't you vote yes? You know, like, so the only reason to vote no if you, if you're one of those guys at the bottom of the food chain is because those guys are saying, well, we need to help everyone else, where you're like, well, man, I only have four years to make money. I need to make what I can right now. I'm not making $20 million a year like you. So I understand why the guys who, say, make less than $2 million per year want to get this done. So it almost is like they're pitting – the owners have come out with a deal that's kind of pitting the players mm. against each other. That's yeah. To, well, to breach that, like, these guys might only have a four-year career. I'd, like, I think you had to if, – if you're a player who's like a special teams guy, a backup – you're looking at it as like a it's a year to year game to game profession. Like it's not even you have four years guaranteed. So I think like if it's so like you, oh so we can you, wait a year to get that raise or we can get the raise right now for 2020, that's why they're voting yes, and I that's mean, why. But, you might be able to squeeze an extra sixty to a hundred grand out of this like coming season. Like, exactly, that's a, that's a huge deal if you're on the back end of a roster. So I I tend to agree with that too. I do. I mean like I do think it is positive that. These guys are at least speaking their mind. Like, it's good that they're coming out and speaking how they feel about it. What, like, I, I don't think that they're trying to, like, I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson's trying to manipulate this labor deal into his favor. I mean, like, is that what you guys sense? Or, like, or do you think that they're mad because they're under contract? They know it's going to go to 17 games and they're going to get 250 grand for that 17th game. Is that the, is that the beef? I don't think. I don't think either side is wrong. Like, I, I like, I don't think it's like one side is trying to like screw the other side. I think it's, as Breach said, there's just two competing sets of interest where the financially secure guys are trying to make sure that the next 10 years and the next generation of, of players coming in are set up. Um, but the problem is that there's a huge, you know, swath of guys who just want to get paid now. And I think, like, I think there's productive comments. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers' statement was productive, and it, he did a good job of articulating his viewpoint. But then you have people like Marquise Pouncey, who's coming out just on a tirade, uh, yelling at the NFLPA, which that's probably not as productive. So I think there's a productive way to do it, and Sherman and Rodgers, uh, both of whom went to top schools, not just Sherman, uh, <laughs> who have come out and articulated it well. And I don't think it's one side screwing the other necessarily i just think there's two very sets of interests and every it's going to be interesting is if the younger players who aren't paid much if they are willing to put their own self-interest aside for the potential betterment in the long term but i don't i don't think that's necessarily fair to ask them to do that yeah good luck with that yeah it's not fair yeah, yeah. But the reverse part of that. Stop eating avocados too, please. Well, I mean, there's, and there's also, you know, the, the JJ Watts, the Richard Shermans, the Russell Wilsons of the world, as Sean said, they're trying to take care of the greater good. Cause there's also, you know, the CBA takes care of retired players. You know, like my dad's pension could go up in the new collective of bargaining agreement. Guys who played even earlier in the 650s, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, you know, they, so they're probably like pension, pensions are, I mean, no offense to anybody who has a pension. It's great. If you have a pension, I, I think it's awesome and you should keep collecting it. Uh-uh. But like yeah, the idea, no, the idea of doing pensions are insane. Like you're going to be like, it's like, you're going to pay somebody like their salary for like 
40 years after they retire at a young age. I, I think the NFL and unions is a different story because you're, you know, like you know, the government. Anyway, I'm not going to get on that tangent. But that, so that's what the richer players are doing. They're saying we need to take care of everyone. We're in a yeah. spot to do that. And the younger guys are saying, man, I got to get my due now. I got to get paid now. And neither of them are wrong. It's just a matter of it's hard to get 2,000 players on the same page when, you know, they're all fighting for something different. Well, and I, I think what you're you, – you mentioned the owners are pitting them against each other. And I don't I – don't, I mean, like, I, I don't disagree with that concept. I think it's really interesting. What I think maybe the angle the owners want is let's dangle the carrot – close enough for the young guys that they push to make this happen. Because as I pointed out, I mean, I think there, I think without having read the entire collective bargaining agreement and I will, I will read it as soon as it comes out. I think that there is a uh, legitimate chance that we see um, huge levels of revenue come in from gambling and other avenues that are, purposely misdirected into how they get into the, the revenue stream by the owners, understanding that they, they were able to, to circumvent them based on the language in the CBA. That is my theory. I don't know if that'll happen. We'll see. But that's the goal. You know, that's why the NFLPA has lawyers to say, all right, well, that that goes into our 48.5% that we're going to get, which means a salary cap. If the owners find some crazy source of revenue, uh, all of a sudden salary cap one year shoots up from 205 to 295. You know, like that's what will happen if the players – do this deal smartly, uh, you know, but, you know, they're not rushing it. So they're doing the diligent thing, and that's that's what they should do. You're right. Let's hit some quick hitter news and notes. The Redskins are apparently talking to Broth, Broth, Broth Brandon Scherf. Both Brandon Scherf. <laughs> Saying both Brandon is tough. Can you say Broth. Broth is Brinson's new word. Broth, Broth Bandon. Both Brandon. Brinson is betrothed. Both Brandon, both Brandon, both Brandon, both Brandon. It's pretty easy. You didn't say it that fast, though. Both Brandon, both Brandon, both I mean, I was faster. saying it faster oh, than Brandon was trying to say it. Try to say, say it fast. Say it ten times fast. Both Brandon. Uh, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my head now. All right. So both Brandon. <laughs> oh, you did it wrong. Right <laughs> <in your head. laughs> Dude, Brandon. start with Trent Williams. Both Trent Williams and Brandon Shirt. There you go. The last one was a joke. You know what? It's all right. At least you don't host a daily podcast where you have to talk. (laughs) That's right. Um, They're trying to sign them both or have talks with both of them. Uh, Trent Williams, according to a report uh, from Mike Girafalo of NFL Media, apparently wants a uh, new contract or to be traded if he's going to come back. Uh, the Reds, Brandon Scherf is a free agent. The Redskins could use the franchise tag on him. As we talked about in previous shows, it would make sense to do so. The more important thing from what Ron Rivera said, and I saw uh, Jeff Schwartz uh, make this point on Twitter, former NFL offensive lineman, friend of the show, been on the show before, uh, made the point that, Maybe the Cardinals drafting uh, Kyler Murray last year, and then like you know, like they they talked up Josh Rosen all off. Like maybe this has emboldened teams to really dive back in. And I'm not saying that the Giants or Redskins are going to draft a quarterback, but like if you're if you're Ron Rivera and you just took this job and you're expecting to turn on turn around the Redskins and like in fairly quick fashion in the next five to six years, and you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. And Tua Tua Tua's right there for you. Why wouldn't you just? I mean, is it insane to take Tua? I, I don't think so. I will say that here is the one gigantic and monstrous difference: is that Dwayne Haskins is a family friend of the owner of the team 
Daniel Snyder, you know, like that creates an odd dynamic. And I do not think you can just dump Dwayne Haskins after one year like you did with Josh Rosen. So that is the one thing that makes this situation feel different to me. Well, and the same thing with Daniel Jones, minus the family friend thing, is that like Josh Rosen was drafted by the existing regime. And then the existing regime stayed through Josh Rosen and then drafted Kyler Murray with the new coach. Like Steve Kime was the GM. Uh, there has been like, so I guess to I me, mean, Kyler, uh, Joe Judge, maybe a similar situation. I don't know. I just, it would be, it would be stunning if either the Redskins or Giants drafted a quarterback, but Ron Rivera did, and, and Joe Judge, similarly, they did not say Dwayne or, and, and, uh, and Daniel are our guys. Like they didn't come out and firmly say it. This is a, it's a freebie. It's a softball at the combine. You're like, yeah, he's a guy. Top of the depth chart. We love him. Great young kid. But the Redskins are bringing in Joe Burrow and, and Tua to talk. So maybe a little smoke there. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's completely crazy. Uh, like, why commit to someone who you didn't draft? There's no reason to. So you can – the owners hired you knowing you didn't pick them. So you can say, hey, look, I think we can win with Daniel Jones, but – uh, you know, I want to do my due diligence and make sure we look at this whole entire draft class, especially because we have a high draft pick. So do I think either of those teams will draft a quarterback? No, but do I think they should absolutely look? And should the Redskins maybe consider two if they love them? Yeah. So it's like you can't just say, hey, these are my starters because you didn't bring them in. You didn't draft them. Not to mention neither of those guys, while they each had like moments, neither of the, those guys had the kind of rookie year with like with Kyler. It's like, oh, yeah. that guy's our guy for, for for 10 years. You still don't know with those guys. Well, and I, I think was, they had similar seasons to Josh Rosen. Better seasons, probably. But like, you know, I mean, like they had better stuff around them. But I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't anything where you're like, we can't draft another guy this year. Like, and also, look, if you had told the Redskins last year, hey, you're on the clock at 15 and you can have Tua, they'd be like, what? What do you mean? We're gonna, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there was there there was no chance that Tua was going to fall past one at this time last year, and then a you know a confluence of events let it happen. Yeah, so, yeah, yes. I, and, 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 yeah. Go, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I was just, no, I was just going to say yeah. Uh, no, I mean the other obviously uh, reason to have these reports about you looking at quarterbacks is if you do want to encourage a team who wants a quarterback to maybe have to trade up, uh, but the Giants with Kettleman don't ever trade down so that seems he said, unlikely he said they were, he also said they're david said they're open to trading it's like no you're not um all right odds give me a uh, percentage chance here odds aj green is back on the Bengals breach i will say 75 percent i i, I would have been lower earlier this season but i think that obviously joe burrow to the Bengals is a lock and you need to put as many weapons around him as you can and plus obviously that rookie contract that a quarterback is on so you keep A.J. Green, then you have Tyler Boyd, you have Joe Mixon. All of a sudden, you have really good skill players. You have Joe Burrow, and you have uh, Jonah Williams, your offensive lineman, your first-round pick from last year who missed the whole entire season with an injury, coming back this year. Uh, so all of a sudden, the offense, so I think 75%. Sounds like a real good landing spot for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Dalton, right. sure. Brady straight up. Uh, what do you think, Sean? Percent chance, A.J. Green? 50. Hmm. That's a pretty good number. I'll Brent, say, you uh, cannot say 74%. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say 69%. Nice. Odds um, nice. Oh. Matthew Stafford gets traded. Same deal. Zero. I'll say five. Ooh, I'll say 5.1. Jeez, I'm <laughs> never going. I thought you were going to go 2.5. No, uh, I, I think it's like 1%. I just don't think the math works for it. I, I think it's possible that, 
I don't think it's crazy that they would draft Tua at three and sit him for a year and let him get healthy while Matthew Stafford plays and then potentially trade uh, Matthew Stafford the next the next year. Sean, you got to – Sean, nobody cares about Arsenal. Stop dancing on our screens. No one can see. If you hadn't said that, no one would know I was dancing on the screen. So it's really distracting me. Uh, Bill O'Brien says he's giving up play calling duties. Your reaction in one word. He should give up GM duties too. That's not That's one word, Sean. One word. I, there was a lot of hyphens in there. Uh, my one word is flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 let's see. My I'm trying to think. Of I, got, I got Brenton. <laughs> he's Brenton. flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm actually flabbergasted. Uh, disbelievement. I'm giving you a real that. word. Thank, I think you made up. I think you made it up. I, I not only don't believe it's true, but I'm shocked that it happened. Uh, <laughs> the Jets are not looking to trade Jamal Adams, friend of the program, or Le'Veon Bell. Uh, smart or not smart? Well, smart, but like, who's trading for Le'Veon Bell and taking that contract? So their their hands are kind of tied there. And no, I don't think they should trade Jamal Adams. That doesn't make sense to me. No, I, I think – yeah, I don't think they should trade Jamal Adams, but I think that Le'Veon Bell part is not smart. I think there's no reason to say we're not trading him. Just don't – let the rumor sit out there. If teams think you might trade him, you don't have to, like, throw Le'Veon Bell under the bus and say, yeah, we're shopping him. Just don't answer the – answer the question vaguely and have teams call you. And if someone calls and makes a good offer, you, you ship him off because, you know, he – Le'Veon Bell last season wasn't the Le'Veon Bell we saw in Pittsburgh. And I think if they can unload his contract, they should – uh, you know, and if they can't, then you sit on them. So if they get a good offer, I think they should trade them. Okay. Uh, and finally, who starts week one for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew? Minshew. I, I think it'll be Foles. Um, I think it, I, I would pick Minshew personally, but I think they still might look at that contract and be like, we have to kind of how like the bears are going to give Trubisky the first crack at it. I think they're going to want to try to make it work with Foles before they go back to Menchie. I just think that they get, they tried to give Foles that second shot at the end of the season. And, uh, he did not look good. And why, so why not go with the guy who's going to stick around? So I definitely start the season with Minshew, And if he sucks, then go back to Foles. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds sounds great. It sounds like a great Jacksonville quarterback situation. Sounds like All right. <laughs> it, it does. It sounds like it's going to be a mess. I bet the uh, I bet I bet it I bet it'll be something that won't be decided until week three of training camp. Well, who do you think it's going to be? Three, week, well, week three of the preseason. Unless, you can't flake out. Don't flake out. Uh, I think they'll go with. Um, I don't know. Uh, Minshew. I'll say Minshew. But uh, week two of the preseason, maybe because there might only be two weeks of the preseason. God, that would be incredible. Two weeks of preseason. Steal these crap games away from us. Free us. Set us. Maybe a little uh, July vacation. But you know what? Even if we're on vacation, we won't quit podcasting because we're addicted to podcasting. That's why we brought this special edition of Tom Brady News and Notes. Uh, Don't forget, you can check out tomorrow's episode featuring myself and Ryan Wilson as we break down the quarterbacks throwing from the combine and all the various drills. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.